0: Thank you very much, and good morning, everyone. This is preacher Bill Gilliland at First Christian Church, 231 East Fudge Street in Covington, Virginia, and it is our joy and pleasure to be able to come to you on this Lord's Day morning and to share with you uh, good news, the good news of Jesus Christ. In spite of the fact that we continue with uh, the COVID-19 pandemic ordeal, We face challenges uh, every week. Uh, We look forward to the time that perhaps all of this will be past us and we can get back to what we used to know as normal or at least a new normal. In the meantime, uh, our uh, thanks and gratitude goes out to the Lord our God for giving us strength and poise, uh, that our faith can be genuine and true. Uh, I know a lot of good Christian people who are living in such a way that they are showing beyond a shadow of a doubt that they can live above the problems and the conditions and the invasions and the enemies uh, that face us from time to time. Uh, Jesus said, in the world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So we need to live as overcomers. I'd like for us to get right into the scriptures this morning, and we're uh, into a series from 2 Corinthians. So if you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to turn to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4 today. We are considering the question, how can I be confident? How can I live with confidence in uncertain times? Uh, last week, we looked at the idea that we need to be humble, and we took that from chapter three of second corinthians uh we We need to be humble so that we can constantly trust in the Lord and not in ourselves now today, I would like to suggest from second Corinthians chapter four that we need to to be authentic. we need to let the light of Christ shine through us, and there is a key verse. That I'll refer to several times here in Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 6. And there the Apostle Paul says, For the God who said, Let light shine out in darkness, made his light shine in our hearts, to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Now I know that's a that's a lot of words. But basically what Paul is saying there is, in the very beginning, when God created the world, the universe, everything, he said, let the light shine out of the darkness. And his light dispelled the darkness. And Paul is suggesting that he has done the same thing, and even to a greater degree, when he brought the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ into this world and into our lives, and he changed darkness to light. You know, the darker the world gets spiritually, the greater the attraction of Jesus should be in a lot of lives. The light of the world. The prophet Isaiah had prophesied the coming of Jesus. And that is fulfilled in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 16 as Jesus begins his ministry. And he quotes the very uh, scripture from Isaiah. The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. And I would submit to you today that Christians everywhere can proclaim that same message. I was living in the land of the shadow of death, but when I received Jesus, when Jesus came into my life, there was a drastic change, and now his light is filling my life. Someone suggested that the best place to sell a flashlight is in the darkest cave. And I know that I'm speaking to a lot of people who would testify. Uh, I was living in that dark cave. Uh, and Jesus came into my life, and now I'm living in the light, and, and I'm following the light. So let's ask this question as we enter into Second Corinthians chapter 4. How can we confidently let the light of Christ shine through us in this dark world? Now, in verse 1, Paul suggests that we can do that as we remain positive in a negative world. In verse 1 of 2 Corinthians 4, Paul says, Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. I'd like for you to consider or underline underscore those words, we do not lose heart. Before the chapter is over, he repeats it. It's a great phrase. It's a phrase that every Christian needs and every Christian needs to use. I do not lose heart because the Lord is is giving me the confidence that I need. Now, if you'll remember, we suggested that in last week's sermon based on chapter 3. Our confidence is in Christ and not in ourselves. And since we are saved by grace and not by obeying a set of rules, uh, we can cherish this confidence that we have. We focus uh, on character and not just uh, maintaining a reputation. So Paul says, we don't lose heart. You know, it's difficult not to lose heart in a world that's increasingly dark. Uh I know that I have had periods during this uh COVID-19 pandemic where I began to get discouraged. Uh it it just seems like this is a uh, something that m- may never end. A- and uh, we go through the drudge of uh the mask and the social distancing and it has stripped so much of the Christian liberties and favor that uh we had as a body in Christ, took away a lot of the uh fellowship that we uh, took for granted and enjoyed. but here's the challenge from chapter four of second Corinthians: We need to remain positive and not lose heart um, there There are so many uh problems there there are so many uh, negative things there there is so much in our world that's promoted by the devil and his angels um you know we we face a lot of facts concerning the world in which we live uh when we think about uh things like abortion and and uh homosexuality and the uh the presence of open sexual activity, uh, euthanasia, pornography, all kinds of perversion that's engulfing our world, it, it's hard not to get discouraged when you read and hear about all of this. And indeed, we are losing ground morally and and spiritually uh, in our world. Uh, it's, it's hard not to lose heart when we see churches Passively uh, disengaging from the culture, abandoning their basic doctrinal truths, going a- a- away from the Word of God, and then we see Christians who are bickering all the time among other people, and and uh, you know Jesus warned uh, that the world would get worse and worse, but then we we counter that with verses of Scripture like First John four four that gives us hope because there the apostle John wrote and said, you dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Now, isn't that something that would cause us to remain positive even in a dark world? Uh, Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And I've already, I've already mentioned What Jesus said in John 16, 33, when he told his disciples, in the world you'll have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So trouble, trouble is is an assurance. We're going to have troubles in this world, but we need to stay positive. We need to take heart. Uh, The apostle Paul and his companions silence, you remember, in Acts chapter 16, uh, they were beaten and shackled and shoved into a dingy dungeon, in Philippi, but instead of being depressed and miserable, they were joyful and optimistic. They sang praises to God, and they prayed, and an earthquake shook those prison doors, and they were released, and the jailer and his whole family gave their lives to Jesus and were baptized. So uh, I would challenge you to take some of these don't lose heart verses. They're all over the the scripture uh, that challenge us. Don't give up. Don't get down. Don't lose heart. Um, I'll tell you, one of those verses is in Romans chapter 5 and verse 20, where the Apostle Paul is talking about the law, the Old Testament law, and uh, how how much it couldn't do as far as our spiritual health and growth. He says the law was added so that the trespass might increase, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more. And that, my friend, is what happens when God is involved in our lives. Another translation says, where sin abounded, grace superabounded. Well, let's move on, because not only uh, should we remain positive in this world and let the light of Christ shine through us, but if if we want Christ's light to shine through us, Paul also says we must demonstrate integrity in a deceptive world. Look at verse two of 2 Corinthians 4. He says, rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Now, from the very beginning, Satan used clever deception to get his way. We remember what took place in the Garden of Eden, don't we? And the Bible describes the prince of this world, the devil, as crafty and a liar, the father of lies, a deceiver, one who disguises himself as an angel of light and a wolf in sheep's clothing. So it's not surprising that in this world, that he is full of uh, secret and deceptive ways. And it's very important for us, as Paul speaks here, to renounce secret and shameful ways. In other words, we need to be a people of integrity. We need to live above the world. Uh, In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 3, Paul challenged these Christians. He said, among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Very important. I read the story about uh, Elliot Ness. In in 1929, federal agent Elliot Ness was making $2,800 a year. But on one occasion, he was handed an envelope with $2,000 cash and a note from Al Capone promising that that same amount weekly would be given to him if he would just back off on his investigation of Capone. Uh, Ness, of course, rejected the bribe and called a press conference to report it. And the next day, the headlines in the newspaper read, Ness and his men are untouchable. In fact, that's how they became known as the untouchables. Now, the Bible encourages Christians to be untouchable, blameless, upright, pure in heart, not even a a hint of sexual immorality among you, holy and righteous in his sight. You see, that's that's living a life of integrity. And if we want the light of Christ to shine through us, we have to live integrity lives. Uh, Peter says in 1 Peter two twelve, live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. That's a great verse. You need to underscore that verse. Uh uh, there was a There was a university uh, Vanderbilt University uh, professor, Madison Surratt, who on one occasion told his students today i 'm giving two examinations, one in trigonometry and the other in honesty. I hope you 'll pass both of them, but if you must fail one, then fail trig. There are many good people in the world who can't pass trigonometry, but there are no good people in the world who cannot pass a test of honesty. We need to pass that test of honesty, dear friends, in order to to show the light of Christ in this dark world that we live in. We need to demonstrate integrity. If you pass the test of integrity, not everyone's going to appreciate it. Some will even resent it. Some will renounce it. You, but the light of Jesus will shine through. Uh, we we need to face the fact that some people in our world are going to decide to stay in darkness. Look at verses three and four of Second Corinthians. Four, Paul writes and says, "If if our gospel is veiled or hidden, it's veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ." who is the image of God. And it's true. Satan has and is blinding a lot of people's minds, and they cannot grasp the truths of the Scriptures and of Jesus Christ as being their only hope in the world. You know, a bright light hurts the eyes of people who are sleeping. It embarrasses those who are not uh, dressed properly. It exposes those who are trying to hide something, and they scamper like varmints into a deep basement. But we need to face the fact that not everyone is going to desire this light of Christ. That's what Jesus said in John three nineteen. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. You see, our task, dear friends, is is to shine the light confidently, consistently, so that any who are genuinely seeking to find their way to Christ can do that. God said, let the light shine in the darkness. And we need to do that. We need to be people of integrity. Uh, The third thing he talks about is, is that we need to practice servanthood in a selfish world. If Christ's light is going to shine through us, then we need to practice servanthood because we live in a selfish, self-centered world. In verse 5 of 2 Corinthians 4, Paul says, look at this. We do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. We just want to be servants, Paul says. And and we we don't try to preach ourselves, we're preaching Christ. And if we say anything about ourselves, it's, it's from the standpoint of being a servant. You see, we live in a world that's accustomed to almost everyone looking out for number one. But if you want the light of Jesus to shine through you, then you have to take upon yourself the form of an authentic servant. That's what Jesus did. In Philippians 2.7, the Bible says, He emptied himself. He made himself nothing, of no reputation. And he took on the very nature of a servant. And while he was here on earth, that's what he did. He served his fellow man. He said, I am come not to be served, but to serve, and to give my life as a ramp, as a ransom for sin. So uh, there is one thing that impresses the world more than sermons and music and doctrine and buildings and programs, and that is the uh, compassionate service to those in need now the final thing that i want to mention today about uh, how we can shine this light of christ or allow the light of christ to shine through us and into a dark world is that we we have to remain transparent because we live in a phony world and what this phony world that we live in needs more than anything is is transparency on the part of christians and god's people So in verse 7 of 2 Corinthians 4, Paul says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay uh, to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. You know, uh, there is a lot of attempted cover-up in our world. Uh, Reader's Digest several years ago carried a story. It was a letter. And the letter read like this. Our daughter... An Army sergeant stationed at Fort Stewart, Georgia, called us during an intensive leadership training course that required her to spend six weeks at a forest encampment under Spartan conditions. And our daughter wrote a letter and said, Mom, I've met someone here I'd like to know better, but we aren't allowed to wear makeup, so he has no idea what I really look like. I thought that story... So much uh, spoke truth. You know, we're so accustomed to covering up and wearing masks that we think it's natural to wear them. And I also thought that was humorous because we're living in a time right now when we're forced to wear masks, aren't we? People wear masks, though, pretense masks, pretending to be prettier and richer and more more influential and more confident than they really are. Uh, Christians can be really phony, too, if we're not careful. We can pretend that we're more spiritual than we really are, partly because we're afraid that if people see us as we really are, then uh, that will detract from Christ. You know, there are a few things more compelling than someone who is authentic and humble, humble enough to admit their weaknesses. And that's what Paul was saying here when he said, I have this treasure, but it's in a jar of clay. I have this wonderful, miraculous treasure, the glory of Christ, the gospel of Christ, the message of Christ that changes lives. It's the greatest possession that one could ever have, but it's contained in this fragile, uh, handicapped, sometimes pain-filled body a body that that for the most part is dying and uh, and and this is the Lord's will and part of the reason that Jesus shines so brightly is because it's so much contrasted from this fragile soon to die body that it's contained in uh, the story was told about David Moore uh, by David Moore about uh, the great evangelist uh, Dwight L. Moody from Chicago, and uh, he went to visit the great Charles Spurgeon, the preacher in England. And when Spurgeon answered the door, Moody was shocked because Spurgeon was smoking a cigar. Moody said, how can you, a man of God, smoke a cigar? Spurgeon took the cigar out of his mouth and poked a finger at at Moody's uh, very large stomach and said, The same way that you can be a man of God and be so fat. Um, The two, apparently, the two became friends at that point, and neither one of them hid their weaknesses anymore. You know, uh, you and I, it's very apparent that we have these clay bodies, we have these fragile bodies, and there are going to be times when we're not living as we should. Uh, We all struggle. We all have different temptations, and we need to be aware of that. You know, the light of the sun always shines more brightly through a clean window. Uh, It's an encouragement for us to be transparent, to be honest, to admit our weaknesses. That doesn't mean that we live in sin, that we use that as an excuse uh, to keep on sinning. But the Bible says if we confess our sins... God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The, the writer of the scripture also says, confess your sins one to another. Uh, and sometimes we, we need to be transparent. Um, these bodies that we live in contain the greatest treasure in all the world. And I think uh, many times I think that's why the Lord causes. Uh, troubles and handicaps and sicknesses and cancers uh, to come upon his people because he wants the world to be aware of the fact that this body is, is fragile and it's it's going to pass away. But what's on the inside, that treasure that's on the inside, the real life, it's going to live forever. And I don't know about you, but I want that real life that's on the inside to be what people see. Uh, The Lord Jesus Christ forgives, he satisfies, he saves, and he promises that we're going to go to heaven. Uh, And so today, uh, remain positive in a negative world. Make sure you demonstrate integrity in our deceptive world. Practice servanthood in this selfish world and maintain transparency in the phony world. I pray the Lord will bless you. Uh, Perhaps you're not a Christian and this message today has touched you. Uh, We'd be glad to help you and and guide you further. Uh, Just give us a call. Uh, Maybe right now what you need to do is submit yourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ totally and and fully. Uh, Let the Lord have his way. Let us pray. Uh, Thank you, Lord, for these moments. As we go off the air, Lord, with this song, Uh, I just pray that you will bless hearts and that you will touch hearts and maybe convict hearts of sin so that they can change and come to Jesus. How precious he is to us, Lord, and we thank you that he continues to be with us. Guide us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Like that.